Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins. Today, I'm here with Dan Eiden. Hey, hey. Uh, and we got together. We were talking about different topics that we've gotten questions on uh, and some that we maybe didn't have a question submitted or somebody asked us recently. But we when we were thinking, we we're like, oh, man, I wish I would have had this. Um, so the questions today is around something that we as pastors do quite often, which is weddings. Yes. Yeah. So the question today is just how, do, how do you handle weddings at your church? What kind of policies do you have? You know, how do you handle, you know, when two unbelievers want to come and get married? How do you handle it when two, one believer and a non-believer want to get married? Um, and they also kind of just, what are the logistics and planning that you do as a pastor in advance for that? I feel like I've heard people all over the spectrum of they've just got their standard thing and they do it every single time, the same sermon and have others that they specialize it for the couple every single time. And so, you know, just want to bring up that question of, you know, what, what are some of the best practices when it comes to being involved in a wedding? Well, I would say um, you're going to cause yourself a great deal of extra work if you don't already have some type of template in place. I'm not saying it's exactly a Mad Lib uh, wedding where it's like insert name here. Um, But, you know, I had those for weddings and funerals, quite honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. I had two or three kind of in my pocket that once I met with a couple, I would know, okay, this is kind of this style or this format that I'm going through um, versus that one. You know, example of that would have been when I had two really strong believers that I knew um, were going to potentially change the world uh, or, or something like that. There, there was that two really strong believers version. There was a, I don't know, these are church members, but they, you know, they're believers. Uh, so I'm confident in that having interviewed them and all that, and they're not living together. So we're good to go. (laughs) Um, And then there was the other incidents where somebody's just like driving down the road, we should get married. Hey, there's a church. Let's go talk to them. Yeah. And completely oblivious that we might not be able to do that. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, like so many things that we've talked about on this podcast, um, and, and I feel like it's funny, we, you know, Todd, you and I are going through this because I feel like, um, we always joke that we don't love policies. Um, but I think this is an area again of a church (laughs) where having a policy in place can be your best friend when it comes to these things. Um, you know, just setting forth, you know, what you want, um, your church to do on these situations. Um, and kind of just saying, this is where we stand. Um, uh, I personally am okay with, um, marrying two non-believers. Um, and I know that that's a, that's a situation that I feel personal about and other churches may, may feel differently about, but I think having that standardized, if you are going to get married either at our church 
or with a pastor from our church officiating that wedding, here's where, you know, this is the yes or no for somebody else on your staff team of whether they can do that wedding. Um, and kind of just having that kind of written down. And then you can use that as the like, Hey, our church's policy is X. Um, but for me, I like, I like to be able to do two non-Christians, um, personally, just because I think it's an opportunity for me in the process of planning their wedding with them and at the wedding to be able to present the gospel to them and, and explain how God views marriage and how he set that up and what the purpose is, um, and be able to, again, share the gospel with them. Um, I think, you know, to a, a believer and a non-believer, I wouldn't officiate that wedding, um, but it allows for conversations and counseling and other things to potentially happen out of that. Um, and then again, just what those policies are of how much you get paid. Um, I know at my former church, we we would do a for members of our church, we would do their wedding for free. Um, if, if they came to a pastor of our church to officiate it, um, if it was local, um, if it was long distance, we would have them pay for our travel. Yeah. I think just going down to the details of spelling that stuff out, if they weren't connected to the church, we, we charge $500 to officiate their wedding. Um, I think just having some of those things in a policy document can be really helpful. Um, just that way, you know, it's consistent across the board and again, your people can, can kind of look to that to help guide them. Todd, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, I'm pretty similar in that I didn't, I don't know that I've, I'm trying to think back. I mean, I wouldn't marry a believer and a non-believer for 100% sure. I do, I have done a two non-believers, but again, saw it as an opportunity for, you know, that's just, just Christ and his bride. I mean, there's so many different ways to bring evangelism into the conversation. I did also require them though, to be like, Hey, if you're living together, you can't do that. Um, yep. Here's the things I need you to do in order for me to do your, if you really want me to do your wedding um, and what, you know, it's like, I, Hey, I, re I required uh, premarital counseling to happen before the married marriage as totally. well, whether it was done by me or somebody else that I knew of, I, I asked for that to happen. Totally. Um, and I know this is a very sensitive subject and not everybody would agree with us, but I just want people to understand when you hear us saying this, it's, we wouldn't marry two non, a non-believer and a believer. Yep. And the, the purpose of that was evangelism. And they still had some pretty high hurdles. Most said yep. no to me. They're like, you're nuts. You know, I'm not moving out for this amount of time or I'm not doing X, Y, Z. Cause a lot of times they were living together. Um, but yeah, so I do think that it's really healthy to have in place. If you have a, a staff that has multiple pastors that do weddings, it's a lot easier to put a policy in place to say, Hey, here's the cost of this. Um, again, I do think the the idea of having, uh, you know, free for members is important. Um, but for non-members having that in place is, is, is really great because it takes the burden and responsibility off that person. Cause then they can just get a packet and it says, Hey, here's what it is. Here's the cost. Here's the expectations. Um, and, and, and all that. So I think that's great. Uh, we're, we're almost in complete alignment, Dan. Um, that's what I'm telling you. 
Awesome. Well, I'm sure there's others that that think differently. And and honestly, that's okay. I think just go ahead and put those things down on paper. And I think that's going to help, especially if you have other pastors at your church that officiate weddings. Um, if you're a church that size, it's helpful to have that. Even if it is just you as a pastor of a church, I think potentially having that run by, you know, other leaders, whether that's an elder team or whatever that looks like at your church, um, saying this is our stamped you know, marriage policy or wedding policy at our church, I think will save you some maybe hard conversations, um, you know, where it seems like it's more your personal decision than it is the church's stance on something. So um, I think that's helpful. I also, um, you know, I've, we've got a document that we're putting on ministry grid. Um, that's a wedding planning document that basically, um, is everything that you need to have to, to organize the actual wedding. Um, and it's got all the stuff of, Hey, make sure you get the bride's name and cell phone and email address and what their current addresses are, what their future address is going to be. If they're moving in together in a new place, um, you know, get the wedding coordinators phone number and email, um, and then walks through a ton of questions about, you know, what time should you arrive as the officiant? What time do guests arrive? Um, the location directions, but then also the ceremony elements, you know, do you do unit? Are they going to do a unity candle? Yes or no. Are they going to do communion? Yes or no. Do they want to tribute to their parents? Do they want, um, people to read scripture? Do they want to give roses to their mom or have special music? What's their theme? Um, you know, sort of all those things. What, what vows do you want? Here are four options. The fifth is you create your own. Um, but being able to kind of walk through people with that, um, you know, if you don't have something like that, that you do already, we've got a kind of a template document that you can go and edit and make your own. Um, but I think something like that is helpful. Um, as you think about doing weddings, that way it's more manageable. You can pull this out, uh, you know, 10 minutes before that meeting starts and kind of be able to walk through that with that couple fairly easy. Um, I'm wondering if we use the same document just I th because I think we do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I bet it is. Um, I bet it is good. But just, just because, uh, it, for those listening, if you don't know, Dan and I were at the same church. I was there in 2004, <laughs> um, from, from, I was there for a good eight, nine years, uh, a good almost decade run, um, and, and continued to hone some of those documents. But the beautiful thing about that is it saves you so much time and you're going to bring up things that people haven't considered, or maybe in that initial meeting, they wouldn't know what to do. You're able to guide them in that or you're able to save yourself time when they come back later and say, uh, Oh, uh, can we add a unity candle or can we add a this or a that? But what it does is it gives you that, the, the ability to, you know, understand how much time each element is going to take, um, to really build that ceremony, um, around their needs. They feel totally catered to and personalized. Mm -hmm. Um, but you've taken a lot of the guesswork out of it. I will say this about, um, <laughs> about rolling your own vows, um, vows. <laughs> like vow, vowels or something, but rolling your own vows, uh, it's important for you to read those prior to mm -hmm. the ceremony. Uh, and some people won't want, they'll be like, Oh, I want it, you know, the, the bride to be the first to hear it. Or, uh, most of the time that just means I plan on writing it the night before. Um, 
but it's good. It's a good idea to have that uh, in place. So you know what that is uh, because you know, there can be all kinds of craziness that happen in there. And you're like, actually you can't, that's kind of heresy. Um, yeah. Or whatever. You just never know guys. So I would really encourage you to do that. The other thing I would say is this doesn't matter what size the church is or how often you do weddings. Um, having policies, having uh, things that are really, you may have to, to go back and, you know, look at your charter, look at different documents, historical documents or foundational documents to your church and adjust them accordingly for our current day and age where you um, may not want to do weddings or you may be approached um, almost with a target in mind that, oh, I'm going to approach this church, ask them to do this type of wedding. And then they're going to say no, and I'm going to sue them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, if you have some of those things in place, again, it takes the, the uh, onus and responsibility off of the person being asked. And it's just like, this is the policy. And this is, this, you know, this is why, or this is the part of our uh, church documents that say, we can't do this. Um, that's going to be really helpful. One more thing. You may have a church that is, you know, absolutely beautiful. Um, and it's just like one that people want to do weddings in all the time. Yep. And you may not be willing to do all those weddings. Again, I would say it'd be a good idea to have uh, in place the policy around or within your wedding policies. This is who can and can't do a wedding in our church, perform that wedding in our church because you know, they're, they're using your facility. You just want to consider what that is and, and outline that so that you don't have to answer that question later on. It's much easier to answer those questions now than in the moment. Then, then you find out that the uh, guy just downloaded a certificate from the internet. (laughs) It's going to be performing in your, uh, in your uh, church barefoot or whatever it looks like from that guy. (laughs) Well, hey, we hope this conversation has been helpful for you. Um, As always, if you have other questions, uh, we'd love to hear them. Um, But uh, again, we hope you join us for future episodes of the One Ministry Question Podcast. 